welcome to episode 451 of the Pop Culture Roundtable, the podcast that's just tall enough to ride this ride. In this episode, we talk about Wondery Podcast, music device trivia, and the Joe Rogan controversy. I'm Andrew Sale. I'm Lauren Rubin. I'm Patrick Hill. So get the yucket bucket ready, because it's time to go for a spin. Gross. off every episode by going around the table which is where we talk about things that are new fun and noteworthy about our weeks lauren i'm looking at you to talk first so why don't you start for us <laughs> no problem uh i'm gonna start off with a cool pin that i got today in the mail um i don't know if you guys can see trying to use our nice audio format it says what there's no book club and uh that phrase will mean a lot to oh sorry i dropped it <laughs> Aggressive. A lot to people who've watched Yellow Jackets and absolutely nothing to people who haven't, but I think it's super funny and I like it a lot. So that is by the Silver Spider. If anybody uh, listened to my advice to watch Yellow Jackets, you might want this pin too. <laughs> that feels like a really aggressive way of saying that. If anybody listened to oh, my advice. Oh, I didn't advice, mean it that way. <laughs> a few people did in our community. Mm -hmm. If I remember mm -hmm. right, Matt Kandraw posted, what the f***? So no, that was the uh, Kevin Wilson. That was Kevin Wilson. Yeah. Oh, okay, it was Kevin Wilson. Yeah, that was yes. Eight Meets Girl. <laughs> I knew someone took your advice because they. Uh... I don't think that that's necessarily like a bad response though, because anybody never responded further, so maybe he didn't like it. <laughs> no, I think that's it was the like intended response of the show. Yeah, I think I think it was one of those situations are... where he was like, "What did I just watch?" Like that was yeah yeah that that was how I took it. I took it as he enjoyed it because he watched the whole thing. Like, yeah, yeah. He, we just kept going in a little bit in the chat and he never responded more. So, Kevin, I hope you did like it if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me um, up and we'll talk about it. <laughs> we know that he's never uh, going to tune into these live feeds because he's in England. And so he's way yeah, sleeping right now. But we also do like have this come out in an audio format still. So in no, theory, I, he may hear this. I know. I just mean like <laughs> I was thinking, oh, it would be cool if he was here. Internally, I thought that. And then externally processed, oh, he will never be here because he's sleeping right now. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> Maybe one day when he visits, we'll see. Yeah. Um, okay, so other things that I've been watching, a uh, lot more time spent on HBO uh, lately. So uh, I watched The Last Duel this weekend on HBO. Um, I, I wish I had seen this movie in theaters because I'm like hearing all the drama now about like how nobody went to see this and now they're like never going to make like period dramas ever again and stuff. And I'm like, oh, what? I didn't realize that this was so important. <laughs> but I do think it was like a really good movie. And it's a shame that like when you Google it, all you see is these like things like, like just negativity about like box office numbers and stuff, because I don't think that's like a fair assessment of this movie. I did think it was like pretty good, you know just like as a movie, you know? Yeah. Have you guys watched it? Um, no, I mean, I intend to it because it has got good reviews, but gosh, the haircuts look so bad. And uh, it just, just looks so boring. I mean, on, oh, like, like, I mean, I, I'm sure it's great, but like, I, there are certain types of movies that I have to be in the mood for, you know, I, I have will to say, want yeah, to subject you have to pay myself attention. to it. And I just haven't wanted to. Oh, man. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I can't I don't, remember if I watched it or if I... What What is it called? The Last Duel. It's with uh, Adam Driver, Matt Damon, yeah, 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 and yeah, Jodie yeah. Comer. I, okay, yes. Ben Affleck's I, in it, too. I went to watch it, and I thought, this is probably a movie I need to be fully awake for. And it was like 11.30 at yeah. night. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to wait, and I'll watch it at a different time. Yeah, I, I almost watched it. I did it. that exact same thing. I was trying to kind of like do it on second screen and you know watch it while I worked on stuff. And I was realizing really quickly that this is a very much like you have to pay attention to it movie. And the whole movie is really about like these, like it is worth paying attention to because it's about all these like subtle changes in um, when you hear this same story three different times from three different people's perspectives. Oh. And that's what the whole movie is about. So the first uh, like third of the movie is uh, Matt Damon's character. The second is Adam Driver's and the third is uh, Jodie Comer's. And it is it's such an interesting movie. It's very um, it's subtle how they change the three stories sometimes, sometimes really obvious. And it's like really benefits like paying attention to and like getting, you know, just like sitting in like, you know, like, um you know, getting like relaxed and just like paying attention because like it's so interesting how like people perceive themselves in these moments and how they maybe remember things differently and stuff. So like really cool movie. I totally recommend it. Um, and it's just it was cool. Yeah. Good movie. <laughs> okay. All right. What else? And then you uh, can. Continuing on this Ridley Scott train, I've been catching up on the first season of Raised by Wolves because second season just started. And I know that you were not a fan of this show last season, but I love it. Uh, it is equally weird and wonderful, uh, that, like in the beginning two episodes that they've released so far. Uh, there's some very interesting time things that they haven't quite explained yet because um, the kids are a lot older than they were in the previous season just because of the reality of life and COVID and all that stuff. But then like the, like the kids look like two years older, but then like one character is still pregnant. So it's like interesting. Okay. So I can't quite figure out what's going on now. Uh, but that is like the nature of that show. You just got to wait and see. So I'm very excited to see the like uh, eight episodes that will finish the second season. It's, it's great. <laughs> is it possible that, that they, <clears throat> is it possible that there's a, that there's not actually a time jump happening, but that they're just not addressing the fact that the kids are older, but that it is picking up where it left off? Or is there an intentional time jump? Does that make sense? There is some kind of intentional time okay, jump, right. and they have not told us how long that that okay. time was. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it could have been two weeks. It could have been two months. And it could have been a year, like from kind of the way that we're seeing it. So it's hard to understand. Um, but I think they will answer that before too long. They're, I feel like they are good at answering questions, but then bringing up more questions as you watch. So great, great show, though. Um, if you like season one, highly recommend jumping on for season two. And then I've got uh, one more thing to bring up, and that is a really cool thing that one of my friends is working on. Um, and it is a drag queen video game. So I'm glad that we were talking about this before the show started a little bit. Uh, and it is called Drag Her. And it is a you know, drag race themed fighting game. And so you pick your drag queen and you fight each other kind of like, you know, Mortal Kombat style, but all of the, you know, attacks and um, defenses and things are different, like jokes based on their characters and like things like that. And it is really funny and really awesome to see all the references that they put in there to the show and different outfits and everything. The artwork is amazing. I'm going to put a link uh, to their stuff in the chat like right now because I think everybody should check it out. Um, it's on Kickstarter right now. They're backing it. But my friend uh, Josie slash Rooster Pop is his like online name. He's so good. He I remember like talking to him at conventions when this was just an idea that he had. He's like, do you think you would play a game like that? I'm like, yes, it sounds awesome. And it is really, really cool. I, I think it's like 
amazing how this has turned out. I've like watched him work on this for so long. And it like the artwork is really, really good. He built a whole like arcade cabinet that he's like trucked around the United States at different conventions and stuff to like sell this game. And it's so cool. He actually got the like drag queens to do their own voices and everything too. So it's been like so, so cool. Is this, and to, is like, this like an officially licensed game? I don't know if it's like RuPaul's Drag Race license, but he does have like the license to use those people's, uh, you know, as characters or whatever. So in some ways, yeah, yes. because those those drag uh, those drag queens exist outside of the show. Right, right. They're exactly. characters, like they're, they're performers. Yeah, so it's yeah. exactly, exactly. It seems like it would it would make sense for RuPaul's Drag Race to get on board with this, though. Uh, oh yeah, I mean it would be awesome, and I think that that would be like. It, they could easily fit that in if if they, if they bought it or whatever, like because they could just like have RuPaul do all the um, like announcements and make her like the final boss or something like that would just be really fun. That's <laughs> this is crazy. Uh, this, this yeah, it, it's really cool how to like have seen this come from like literally an idea that he was like talking about. Like I don't know, do what do you think to like a real thing that like exists now? He let me play the like demo and it was like really fun. It's very cool. Like it's not like a hundred percent finished yet, but it's it's so fun and I'm really excited for him. So That's congratulations, awesome. it's very awesome. Is it and is uh, it if using, you like like is it utilizing like the classic like sprite like sprite sheet like like how are they? No, it's a. It's more, um, I don't really know like what would be a comparable thing or like, I don't know how they're like what technology they're using to animate it. If that's like what you're asking, but it's, that, it looks more like a I'm cartoon asking. drawing. Yeah. They look like cartoons. Right. But like, even with cartoons, like, um, and I'm actually, I'm now I'm like, I'm second guessing myself, but like, uh, Cuphead is all hand drawn and animated. But those are still oh, like these are hand hand drawn. They're still actually. like uh, mm -hmm. like sprites. So like each like each you know toggle of a Frame specific switch. Used. Yeah, it's using yeah. an individual illustration. So I'm wondering if that's yes. what this is built on versus like a like a like an Unreal Engine where you're actually plotting out movements of like free floating, or if each character is comprised of 15 individual images that that character alone uses does that make sense yes i think he, they did it by hand but i'm not sure and i can ask him about that or we could have him on to interview about it because he's a very entertaining human being let's do it, <laughs> let's do it. he's really fun okay uh he also you should just check out his like regular art page he does lots of disney stuff that's really really fun and i i love his artwork he's just a great person all around so good person to uh know about <laughs> And speaking of good people, I have one last little tiny thing to shout out. One of our uh, listeners is a friend of mine, Aiden. I know it is your birthday on the day that this episode will come out um, as a podcast. So happy birthday. <laughs> soundboard, <laughs> soundboard, soundboard. <laughs> what? You're just saying soundboard? <laughs> like, I don't have one plugged up. So yeah, there would be What sound there. would it be making if, if you had one? <laughs> happy birthday sounds. <laughs> yeah, Vuvuzelas or something. You yeah. remind me so much of Seuss from um, from Gravity Falls, and he has this sound, this keyboard with sound with sound effects on, it, and he goes, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah." <laughs> okay, that will be the like, first sound that I program. And it's ironic because you dressed up as Seuss when we did the gra the family Gravity Falls thing. The guy wearing the dark green shirt with the big question mark—that's what you wore. So you were oh. Seuss, and you just acted like him. So congratulations and happy Thank birthday, you. Aiden. Aiden. 
Yeah. Happy yes. birthday, Aiden. The big one three. Sort You're of a teenager our patron, now. So, you know. <laughs> They're a patron? All right. Then mm-hmm. double happy birthday. You get yeah. two happy birthdays. <laughs> I wasn't going to say happy birthday until I just found that out. Now, happy birthday. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Who are you That's tossing it, it to, Lauren? Uh, Andrew, why don't you take it? Okay. I'll take it. Here we go. Three and two and one. Um, so this week, <laughs> I have watched a lot of TV. And so I'm going to, I had to like make a note of all the things that I watched. So I want to, I want to touch base on all of them. So I started The Witcher season two. I actually never finished Ooh, season great. one. Um, I had like two episodes left, I think, of season one or maybe even three. Oh. Um, so I think the episode the I was on was the Sodden episode uh, where Yennefer does her fire thing, right? So, yeah, great episode. <laughs> jumping back into that show after having not watched it in two years is hard. There's a lot going on and it's confusing in season one. So, um, I am going to say that Netflix did a really cool, it's like a 20 minutes thing. That's like what happened in season one of the Witcher in chronological order. That was extremely helpful before starting season two. So here's what happened. I watched the, I watched the last two episodes or whatever of season one and was lost. And then I watched that 20 minute gap. Oh, thing okay. And was like, <laughs> yeah. okay, I'm now I'm re caught up and I can re I can watch episode or I can watch season two and feel like yep. I'm on board. So, um, it uh you had mentioned that season two kind of made a like kind of poked fun at itself for like the time jumping stuff. I have I missed it. I didn't see where they did that. It was Unless- when they're talking um to uh Yasker, that like guy that's like harassing him, and he's like, well, why'd you tell it out of order and stuff? Like Oh, okay, okay, okay. That, that's not the guy with the <laughs> with the tu- like the like the hog man, is it? No, it wasn't like who's Tormund, which I love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh it was it no, it's like some, that guy that was like harassing him when he was like getting off the, or trying to sneak onto the boat or whatever. Yeah, I totally missed that. Anyway, it's a um, very quick like exchange that I thought it was like super funny. I <laughs> I loved I loved that Tormund was in it, and I loved that he was like this hog man, and the makeup was fantastic, like yes, top notch, okay. so nice. The mm-hmm. the visual effects, uh, honestly, they they rival that of Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings. Like they are legitimately epic visual effects that are happening in this show yeah um they they put some serious dollars behind it i've been enjoying season two i think i'm i think i'm only like four episodes in so i'm I'm still nice i'm still kind of marinating in it um but i've been enjoying it i've been enjoying watching it the other one uh that I've, i think season two is a lot easier than season one <laughs> i agree yeah it doesn't seem to be if there's any time jumping is there no, that okay, they, they stopped doing that. They have a couple of flashbacks, but it's extremely obvious that it's a flashback. It's, well, you know, I like was Boba a little Fett confused. <laughs> well, I won't say anything. I won't say anything because there are people who yeah. haven't started watching season two yet. But um, mm-hmm. there was a, a they introduced a character that I thought was dead. <laughs> and I turned mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this must be time jumping again. But it wasn't. Yeah. I'm like, oh, OK, I missed something, but that's all right. Um, sure, sure. The uh, um, but it turns out I didn't. And they explained that in the story later. That's all yeah. I to say about that. Um, <laughs> I knew exactly who you meant too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've been rewatching Shit's Creek, and mm-hmm. this show is amazing. Like I, I've, I think this is my third or fourth time through it, and I absolutely adore this show. Like I, I, it's it's on the top for me as as one of my top shows of of all time. It's the who's writing your, is so smart. What? Who's your favorite character? And has that has that changed the more you watch the show? Absolutely. Um, I, I was really annoyed by, um, 
the kids at first. Like I didn't like David's character. I definitely didn't like Alexis's character. Um, and Moira just got on my just got on my nerves so much. But like I've come to love all the characters for different reasons. Like I even love, um, like I I even love uh, Roland and Jocelyn. Like mm-hmm. they all play such a pivotal role in the show as an arc that like I don't think you could do. Uh, you know, the only one I could feel like I could do without is Bob. And I think it's because whenever he walks in, he always kind of walks in like with his hands. Like he does this like kind of dance shuffle thing when he walks into scenes and it really bothers me. Um, He also is like the least, in my opinion, the least relatable and likable character because he's so, he's just so stupid. (laughs) Like it doesn't seem like he ever catches on. (laughs) Roland is dumb in a different way. He's lovable dumb. Like Bob is just like, I don't know. I just, he, he, it turns me off um, to watch him. Um, but, uh, man, I just love that show so much. It's so well-written. It's, and beyond it being like, you know, fans loving it, but it's like critically acclaimed. What was it last two years ago? They won, like, they were nominated like nine times and they won all, not all the categories that they were nominated in. Like categories at the Maple Leafs. They won all the the categories in which they were nominated. Um, and, uh, and they totally like, as I'm rewatching the show, I'm remembering like, yeah, th- I it's good that I like this show. It, like, I don't feel there's some show like this isn't a guilty pleasure. You know what I mean? Like, there's some shows you're like, and I know you know this, Lauren. There's shows that are just absolute trash, but you love it because it's for whatever reason. I right? know you know this, Lauren. Well, no, you've talked about that. Well, you've I just watched. About- <laughs> I just caught up on 90 Day Fiance today, yeah, exactly. so I can't say absolute anything. Absolute <laughs> trash, like just trash. But you're like, you know what? I still this love current it. Current season is so good, though. I love this show, and I and I am proud to announce it from the rooftops because it's it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and and then the other show that I that I'm almost finished with is season five of Search Party. And I know Patrick mentioned briefly last week that oh, you you would never guess where this series ends and i'm still four episodes from the end so i'm I'm about two hours away from the end but oh my word i, I texted patrick this morning and just said if like the to say this show has jumped the shark is literally the biggest understatement you could make wait though so that usually has like a very bad connotation is it jumping is bad. it doing that because it's just okay okay it's bad like, is and it I because told, it just took a turn or no. yeah i told patrick i said i i hate right now that i am uh a completionist i'm only finishing this show because i'm four episodes from the end and to not to have yeah. watched four and three quarter seasons of this show and to not watch the last four episodes i can't do it mentally I said, but I hate myself for watching these these last four episodes because it's, it's something they can come back from in the four episodes because that's like four hours of TV. It's two. It's two just hours. It's, they're only thirty to thirty five minutes. Oh, okay, episodes. okay. Um, no, that's a, that's I've done time. the math. Listen, I, I know what my yeah. sentence is. <laughs> I know what I'm. I know what I'm in for. If you had like a chart of how the show starts and how you perceive it, and like the level of deviation as it continues, um, it's a hockey stick. You know what I'm like? It's, it's like, it's like it, you it start doesn't the, slow down at the end. It's like you start a show and it's uh, you're watching Barney and it ends with hardcore porn. Like that's the big, like it's this huge swing, right? Like <laughs> those aren't the themes of the show, but to give you an idea of the <laughs> to be, swing. To be clear, everybody. <laughs> to be clear. <laughs> I haven't been accidentally watching Barney porn for the last four and a half seasons. Not accidentally. Accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's... I, I, there is in my mind, 
they would have to they would have to swing the pendulum so far again in these last four episodes for it to have a redeeming end that mm. it's I I'm only watching it again because it does I'm, make me I'm curious. I have to <laughs> <I'm> already... <laughs> I have to admit. Um, I mean, uh, the thing is, critically, I, w- I will say this. Critically, it's not considered a bad season. In fact, there's a lot of people that really like this season uh, in terms of the season's like commentary and kind of like uh, fearlessness with humor and some other things like that. So critically, it's still performing very well. But, but if, such, you're, if you're someone that comes back to it because of the expectations you have, I don't see how you can't be disappointed. And I was... I, I have a question. Well, before you ask that question, I do want to well, say Well, yeah, this. go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum is in this show. He is in this show a lot. He is a main <laughs> character in this season. Yeah. All right. How have they and, not advertised that? And I thought for sure that was going to be redeeming. You know who else is a, a not an A character at all, but a B character that pops up at least once? Uh, Kathy Griffin, who we just talked about last week. <laughs> Kathy Whoa. Griffin is also in this. Oh, is she's in this still season. alive. Uh, she plays a homeless person <laughs> in in uh, whatever city they're in. Is it New York or is it like Chicago or something like sure, that? Sure, probably. I don't yeah. know. It's a big city. But she plays like know. a homeless person who's yelling at people in the park, which is oh, on brand gosh. for Kathy Griffin. But I thought Jeff Goldblum being in this was would be its redeeming factor. And he is the only reason I have even been able to... He plays himself essentially in this in this yeah. show, yeah, yeah. Um, and he plays like the Elon or no, like the 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 Jeff Bezos yeah. of himself in this show, and uh, and he makes it he makes it bearable to watch. But otherwise, the rest of the story is just a hot garbage fire of ridiculousness, and it doesn't even they don't even all seem like they have a threads to itself. Now maybe they will by the time everything is done, but. It feels to me. It feels like pick a lane. What kind of show are you trying to be in this last season? Because it's it's all over the place. Like it's crazy. Yeah, I would never. I will never watch season four and five again. And I would probably tell someone watch one through three and stop. Yeah, it's like a wow, rest of development. Like development. <laughs> it's just like a rest of development. <laughs> I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater on uh, Search Party. Like I, I think, I think the, mm-hmm. where it started and the first couple seasons were absolutely great, and I would, I would recommend a watch for some people. I may, but you are throwing out the baby and leaving the bathwater. I'm leaving. No, is that is that how? You, I don't think. Or is it you're allowed to throw out babies? Like just in general, yeah. Just okay, I haven't ex- had children. Yeah. And that's why you don't know what the acceptable, you'll learn. You'll learn what yeah. the acceptable I rules the books. are. I haven't read the books. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know it wasn't okay to throw out a baby. Um, so uh, yeah. So anyway, search party. You do with it what you will. You've now heard our take on it, Lauren. You said you had a question. What was your question? I think I can kind of guess what the answer is now based on your feedback, Patrick. But I'm gonna just ask, like, if you thumbs up, thumbs down, like on the ending of the series, like. Did you like it or not? Like, you know, I'm just curious if you like the ending. You're asking Patrick, right? Okay, okay. He, yeah, because he, he's finished it, right? right so I'm yeah. just curious. Like, if you gave a thumbs up, thumbs down, like, yes or no. Real quick to detour. Jetpacks, are you saying that you like seasons four and five of Arrested Development? Okay, let that me answer your question. Yeah. Um, he's wrong. It's fine. I didn't even finish season five. That's how bad it was. And I love Arrested Development. Okay. The th- I am convinced. I-, I don't think it's a dumb show. I think they probably were saying a lot. 
And I am convinced that if I sat down and talked it out with someone, that someone that like wanted to have a deeper conversation about the, you know, whatever, I am sure I would realize, oh, that's that's some really smart stuff. And I would have like a level of respect for it. Did I enjoy watching it? No, I didn't enjoy watching it. I have no intention to watch it again. You're talking about the themes, though, right? Like, the themes can be good, but the execution of yeah. those themes are what is yeah. bad. And, and, and that, I, but I don't even know that it's bad execution. I'm just saying that I did not enjoy it. I'm convinced there's a lot there if I would take the time to, like, want to understand it, but I just don't want to. Hmm. It's like getting out of Midsommar and feeling one way. And then you go read about it on the internet for a week, and now you have like the all exact this... same feelings, <laughs> <laughs> just like that. <laughs> all right, my final my final thing for the for the week. I did step away from uh, the TV for a little while, and um, I took on a project that um, I'll tell a little bit about. I am working with an author uh, that um, is writing like a trilogy of books, I believe. And uh, they need character designs for it that are going to actually go in the book. Um, and oh, so cool. I've been uh, looking at a lot of like like photo references and costume references to try to piece all of these things together. And it's been a really unique. I guess I can actually, since this is a uh, visual, here is one of the characters um, that I've been working on. I don't know if I can. Oh, cool. So he's he obviously has like a a Greco, you know, a, a it, Grecian style to him. I don't think I should tell mm -hmm. names of the the book or the characters, but Can I'm just going to show you his name. Sure. Can you put it back up and let us guess? Sure. Yeah. What What do you think his name is? <laughs> what do you think, Lauren? Mm. Kind of looks like Good a question. Kind of looks like a d bag a little bit. Oh my gosh, you're terrible. Um. Is it like a modern name or like a, a, a like more sounding name? It's a normal person's name. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you if you get it right or not, but it's not like yeah, a crazy, yeah. Um, let's funky name. let's say um, uh, let's go with a Steve. Jetpacks said a uh, greasy boy, uh, and then yes. immediately got shut down by Nightbot. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway it's uh it's been a really interesting project right like i'm used to drawing like i i obviously can draw life like realism um and i do uh you know Eric. like i do likenesses and things like things like that right typically of actors actresses uh family friends like those kinds of things but to create a person uh, using multiple references uh, is has been a really a, been a really unique and fun challenge for me. I've got three other yeah. characters that I have to execute, um, and then if all of that goes well, then I'll probably be illustrating a lot more. Um, but this is just to nice. kind of get the initial four main like um, main characters drawn out. So, and I think uh, he didn't say this, but I think one of the characters that he wants like the photo reference he sent me are of his wife. <laughs> so like, um, it's a, it's interesting, right? Like I don't, yeah. Uh, yeah. You don't want to mess that up. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's just been, uh, it's just been a fun project and it's been a break from my, my normal, uh, my normal drawing stuff. And so 
anyway, that's been my week. Lots of TV, uh, mixed reviews on all of the things I'm watching, and then uh, draw making human people up um, for a, a new fiction series. So that's what I'm working on. It seems very hard to me to like make up a person and draw them like realistically because like I can make up a person like from references but I draw a lot more cartoony I think than you do mm -hmm. most of the time like even my more realistic stuff is is a lot more stylized stylized right so it's like so hard to like imagine trying to draw like that realistically but for not a real person yeah <laughs> everything you draw is correct like you can't be wrong Yes and no. Yeah. And I had to keep telling myself that as I was creating, like, oh, this isn't right. Well, who says it's not right? <laughs> like, I, yeah. like, yeah, it doesn't necessarily look like anybody else. And, and I guess for, for me, what I judge it against is when I'm done with my drawing, does it look like the thing I'm referencing? It's really hard to do that when you're when you're not referencing uh, anything. Yeah. Right? So yeah. Mm -hmm. it's hard to know when you hit it. Um, other than when the author says, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I'm like really relying <laughs> yeah. on him to say like, yeah, you, you got the prompt, right? Like you, you did, you did what the character is supposed to do. So, um, anyway, yeah. that's been my week. Patrick, why don't you round the tables, round the Bye. tables, <laughs> you know, that old saying rectangle oh, tables got around them. I understand takes work. Um, <laughs> I did, uh, just drop a link into chat. Yeah, I'm looking. I want to get some now. people's feedback about this new IMAX poster for the uh, Uncharted film, but I'm going to talk about a couple other things first, um, and then I'll circle back to that. By the way, we have a giveaway coming up later in this episode, which I'm very excited yeah. about. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Um, we will. Okay, the two things <laughs> I've been doing this week. Uh, one, let's talk about Wordle real quick. We haven't talked about it on the podcast. You're probably playing it. Um, that's great. Wordle is a game where you have, what is it, like six chances to guess a five-letter word. Yes. As you put in letters, it will tell you like either this letter doesn't exist in this word, this letter exists but is in the wrong place, or this letter exists and it's in the right place. So it turns in this process of elimination, and uh, we've been playing it as a group uh, every morning. It's a one-a-day thing. There, By the way, there's this huge like drama behind Wordle of how like Someone saw it and then like made an iPhone game of it and was raking in a bunch of money and then tweeted about how they ripped it off and it's the easiest money they've ever made and then it got shut down by Apple and like apparently there's this whole thing behind it. That's not what I want to talk about. It. <laughs> I found out there's a Slavic version of Wordle where it's all Slavic words. I do not speak Slavic, but I work with people that do. Someone that I work with posted it and I spent probably an hour and a half today just randomly typing in letters into a Slavic wordle, trying to find Slavic words. Um, it's really difficult. Yeah, That's why? It. Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> That's, that doesn't even it's seem like, like a... It's like playing wordle in gibberish. I like... know. It's like <laughs> using hieroglyphics. Like what's I play the... Klingon just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> because imagine, imagine how surprised my coworkers would have been if I had successfully Three solved out of six. a Slavic <laughs> wordle, it would have been wild. I'm going to be honest. I thought it was easier than it was. I have no clue how words are formed in that language and probably most other languages. Like, I think I could do like a, a Spanish wordle or something. You're literally just now getting a grasp on the English language. Why are you trying to spit? <laughs> so I did end up getting three of five letters. Okay. Could not get the last. I just obviously I couldn't find the last word, and I'm like, did you have to use a Slavic keyboard? Does it no. use an English no, no, keyboard? You yeah, you don't have to have like the little like things, okay. whatever they're called. But 
That's not the only thing that that changes in a Slavic alphabet, is it? Like, I feel like they would be totally different letters. It's not like it's not. No, no, it's not like Cyrillic or something. It's not like that. It still uses all the letters you're familiar with. Okay. Um, But anyway, there are some (laughs) things. So with like, you know, like in German, they have a few sorry different letters and stuff that symbols that we don't use. I don't know. Yeah. I did not know that. So what happened? So I got, I was down to my last guess and I had three of five letters. And so I finally just uh, messaged someone at work to say like, hey, what the heck is this? Like I, I have just wasted so much time <laughs> trying to do a word on this language. And then that person- the word was on- waste <laughs> in <No>. Slavic. <laughs> so I sent it to someone that, that lives in Slovakia and she didn't know the answer either. And then when, so then I just let it purposely be wrong. So that way it would tell us like the correct word. And she said, oh, that's more of a check word. That's not really Slavic. Oh, <laughs> you know what? Someone in America made this Slavic one just to try to get some additional. Yeah, They're I'm just thinking, piggybacking. <laughs> so I just, anyway, not was, only did I not know that language, I also didn't know that the word I was guessing wasn't even in the language that I didn't know the word I was guessing. <laughs> I heard that Wordle um, was actually bought by uh, the New York Times. Yeah, that it. Yeah, I, I uh, heard that as well. Hmm. That's not why we're here. Which a lot of people are mad because they're thinking now it'll be behind. A it'll paywall, be behind right? a paywall. Yeah. Yes. Know. Well, there's plenty of people that already have versions that you can just download for free off GitHub. So, hey, listen, if it goes behind yeah. a paywall, we'll host an M of one Wordle. We'll give it our own name. It'll be great. Yeah. By the way, there's a version of the game called Literal, which is where you just try to guess one letter. Well, here's the awesome I was I was hearing about this um mainly on uh NPR's like pop culture happy hour, and they're saying there's also like a dirty wordle and like yeah, a nerdy Loodle, wordle Loodle. and a whole bunch of other ones. We play yeah, a Loodle yeah. every morning as well. <laughs> um it's really <laughs> tough to think of bad five-letter words. Legitimately is. <laughs> legitimately. But what's nice about that one is in Loodle, it will tell you if even if it's a word, it will tell you. That word is not in our index. So it won't let you put in non-lewd words. Um, so it, you don't waste a guess on a word that is an actual word but isn't in their index. So at least that's and nice. some are like, Interesting. they're not really lewd. They're just like body, they're like anatomy. Yeah, like one was balls. Like, I was I was like well, that's, that's not a the anatomical lewd. name, like, I don't think. But No, but still, like maybe. balls could be in Wordle too because it's not necessarily different definitions all of a sudden (laughs) but i just i realized i only know like four inappropriate words in my entire and they all start with the f (laughs) yeah and they're all four letters they're all four letters um it makes it really really difficult i learned i realized this yesterday when i was just thinking like wordle itself is a six letter word you couldn't even use wordle in its own game huh yeah right well, that's something. That's and something to think about. One, this is one that you won't <laughs> enjoy, but there's one called Nerdle, which is mm-hmm. an equation. And I, oh, I mean, no. I, I've played it. Like, you have to write out like this plus this equals this. And then it's all the same rules. Um, I, I've done it twice. Um, it's not It's not necessarily difficult. It's just very time consuming. And it doesn't feel as, for me, it doesn't feel as gratifying yeah. as uh, Wordle does. Um, but uh, all that to say, don't uh, Slavic Wordle. If you want to really up the difficulty, go look that up. And, uh, and, and I bring, guarantee your, bring you. your Czech dictionary with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently bring your Czech di- uh, dictionary. Uh, outside of that, dictionary. Righteous Gemstones. We're pretty far into the season now. Oh, we just had episode word. six. I just started watching. It. It's good. Did you wait? You just started this season, or you just started the show completely? 
the season, the season. Okay. Um, so I, I have loved this season, by the way. Um, my, my wife, Mackenzie, who's, uh, hey, Mackenzie is <laughs> in chat, probably. Um, she wasn't a big fan of the season we started. It's not that it was bad, but I think that, uh, you know, she felt that it wasn't, uh, it's different. um, yeah, it, it is very different. It is a show that has, uh, shifted quite a bit. Uh, that said, um, I'm really hooked into it now. And this latest episode was just, uh, it, supremely funny at parts. There's some really, really hilarious parts, especially the cross part I thought was incredible. Um, but also like some very, very edge of your seat, like um, white knuckle kind of moments as well. So I, I'm really impressed with how engaged I am in this show. And I think the show's a lot meatier. Uh, and this isn't like a wiener joke. I mean, you could take it that way. Uh, but I think this show is like, there's a lot more going on. Last season felt a lot more like we're just making fun of a bunch of stupid rich kids. And this season, I, I it feels like there's a lot more depth to the show. So really, really enjoyed it. Um, and that, that, that's it. That's all I wanted to mention. Every week we talk about our categories, which are what we get when we roll our dice. We pick our topics based on those categories. And Patrick, since you rolled a coveted natural 20 last week, you got to pick your own topic, which I'm guessing you'd pick something super fun and lighthearted. What is it you want to talk to <laughs> us about today? I didn't. Oh. Um, I do want to talk about this. But I want to recognize this is probably one of the, I don't know, maybe like hot button issues. One of the most hot button issues that we've talked about on this show. Um, I'll, I'll cut all that together and post so it doesn't sound like I flubbed it twice. Okay. Um, but I want to talk about the Joe Rogan controversy. And then, so pre-recording, pre-starting this show... I found out that uh, Andrew and uh, Lauren, that both of you don't really know what's going on. So I get to clue you mm -hmm. in. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, uh, we'll see how it goes. I hope that people will maybe put aside their own feelings because my guess is people right now have very, very strong feelings about this. I would say if you could just shelve them for the next eight minutes or so. You're talking about in nope. the chat or you're talking about just in general? No, no, no. I don't. Uh, no, no. I just meant in general. Like anybody listening, I would just, just hear, you, hear you out before you shelve your uh, feelings for just, just a little bit. Okay. And then because there's a lot to it. It's nuanced. But but here's the here's the gist of it. And here's how much I want to make sure I get this right. I, I made notes. I never make notes on this show. Yeah. Patrick has never made a single note. Yeah. Um, okay, so here's how it started. It started with uh, Rogan just being a bastion of COVID misinformation. That's the easiest way I know how to say it. I mean, R Rogan is someone that has uh, uh, interviewed doctors that have, um, I, you know, I think it's the goal of a lot of a, a lot of people in, in this uh, seeking higher uh, kind of uh, enlightenment or knowledge. They tend to go the disinformation route. This idea that disinformation is good information, or the idea that information that goes against a popular belief is somehow more elevated. And I, it's something that people can do to their detriment. It's uh, it uh, certainly there is uh, disinformation that is good, but then there's a lot of cases where people just, you know, it's, it's the equivalent of not listening to a band because the band is popular. And we get that with information. Now in this case, that information had to do with COVID and uh, in given that we're in a, a very, I mean, a once in a lifetime thing and it's, it's a, uh, you know, once in a very long time, um, this can actually be very, very uh, dangerous to people. So that's where this started was uh, COVID misinformation 
uh, because of the people that uh, Rogan was bringing onto the show and because of some of the methods that he was uh, pushing to his fans on social media. Uh, and so initially we got uh, a few boycotts that happened. Uh, Neil Young and Joni Mitchell are probably the, the, the two best known names that have uh, boycotted Spotify. They've asked for Spotify to pull their music off. Spotify has obliged and pull their music off. Um, and um, so that's what started this. There's other because artists. They don't have... want to be on the same platform where they're allowing this person to be on. Which they consider misinformation that's dangerous. Yes, okay. exactly. All right. All right. Okay. And let me first start by saying I fully support boycotts. Okay. The like you as an individual, if you have a strong stance about something and you believe something is is putting bad into the world, stand up and, and don't support that thing. I think that's great. Okay. So I, I want to say I fully support Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, everybody else that's joining in. I know one of the E Street band guys and like whatever. Okay. Um now this is um this is where the conversation kind of started. It's about to, ta- it's about to take a hard turn. <laughs> but um, I think there's a, a kind of larger question here. So we have to keep in mind that COVID is very, very unique because we're talking about something that's a once-in-a-lifetime thing and it affects a lot of people. I mean, we're up to like 900,000 death toll now in the U.S. But if we talk about things that are negative and can hurt people and have a bad impact, then I think you have to ask question, the question – how different is Rogan being allowed to be platformed? How different is that than um, violent video games existing? How different is that than movies existing that talk about very, very, like, either tough or overly sexualized or whatever subject matter? Um, you know, do those things uh, contribute to people then partaking in uh, extra uh, violent or extra sexual behavior? Um, or were those people already predispositioned to do that regardless of the influences? Did they seek out those influences because that's what they wanted? Or were they, you know, I, I think it raises this whole bigger topic that exists in other forms of media. So I think to zero in only on Rogan in this case, um, I, I don't think you can do that in a bubble. I think you also have to consider how do other forms of media also affect what people ultimately do um, and does that mean that if you're taking a stance on this side, you should also be taking a stance on the other side? Maybe, maybe not. But I think there's a lot to be said for that conversation. That's not a conversation we're going to have here because that's like <laughs> a really big conversation that involves like research and a lot of things that we're not doing. So I want to tell you how this is. Um, oh, and I, I do want to say this uh, because this is like very historic times. I think it's very, very, A, well within anybody's right as a platform distributor to say, hey, we don't want to platform this because we don't know the effect and would rather step away from it and not risk doing harm. I think that's fully logical. And Mm -hmm. I think it's also fully logical for we as uh, people to, to, again, boycott things, uh, voice our opinions um and and call for those type of things because again maybe the effect of some of this stuff is not known or can't be known for some amount of time and maybe it's better to just uh go the safe route in instead of not okay now's when it okay sorry go ahead lauren before the big shift happens okay maybe finish your thought and then yeah like it's gonna shift it's gonna shift drastically so maybe this would be a good time for you to say your thing well i guess like well, no, go ahead and finish your thing. Okay. I, I have notes, so if I want to come back to it, okay. it's fine. So this has already started with the boycott of Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, etc. So India Ari posted a video to her Instagram, and I want to say this was like two days ago, a couple days ago. 
Um, and what it was, someone had gone through a lot of Joe Rogan's past history, uh, past uh, podcasts, and they had cut together uh, a video of 24 times that Joe Rogan said the N-word. And the idea here is to, of course, pressure Spotify to remove Joe Rogan from the platform. This, of course, drastically shifts the conversation. Now, what I did in, in the wake of this, I went through this to make sure I removed any episodes where, where we, any of us, said the N-word. <laughs> Didn't have to because we don't. Yeah, I'm, gl- uh, I'm glad you clarified that. <laughs> not horrible people. <laughs> <laughs> because that's insane to me. And so yeah. I, I want to be clear, like, there's there's two parts to this. One part is that certainly people can behave one way. They can change over time. And they should be given room to change. I think yes. that's very, very important. We should not condemn people based on the things they did 10 years ago. Uh, James Gunn fans. Uh, so it is very important. You allow people to, to progress as humans. Yeah. Now, I should also say... Some of this behavior is wildly shitty. Yes. And it's surprising that anyone would partake in it at any point in time, especially if you're talking about uh, any time recently. So uh, it was it was the 24 instances of that. And there was a comment that uh, was very, very questionable. Uh, well, it was pretty questionable that Joe Rogan made about uh, being drunk and being dropped off into a. Uh, well, I'll let you go read the yeah. comment. We'll have an article. Link. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Worst thing I'm, I should do is try to paraphrase. Yeah, let's it, so. not. Yeah, let's. We'll just stay away from that. We'll stay away from that. He said some questionable things. Let's yeah. keep moving. And I and I think it's it's now. I, I I am not saying that Rogan is or isn't a racist. I'm not saying that. I think it's probably pretty likely that somebody in his position as both a comedian and given his show a personality leaned into humor that he knew would be edgy or more shocking. Right. I don't think that's a bi- a big surprise. I think it's probably something he purposely did. And I think it's something that he probably knew was uh, um, walking all over a line at the time. He picked a direction. He picked a direction. Mm -hmm. And now it's biting him in the butt. Okay. But what this has created is you now have like really two separate topics at play that people are trying to defend. And they're trying to lump it into as though it's like one controversy. And it's not. We're, We're now dealing with two separate controversies. So... The, the last thing I want to tack on this, because, again, my job here is not to tell you how to think. My job here is to just let you know you should be thinking. Um, the one thing I want to tack on to this is this really should not be a political issue. So I see a lot of people dig in on, like, the conserv. Typically, you have conservatives on one side saying that, like, it's, it's free speech and it shouldn't be touched. And then you have a more uh, liberal audience on the other side. Um you know, uh, condemning it, saying that he should be deplatformed and, and that hateful language should not exist anywhere in any form. Okay. And the thing that I want to point out is um, for the people that are, are calling for the, well, you shouldn't touch it because uh, it's free speech. We have to be very careful because the, the, the far right, uh, the GOP movement within the last year was calling for Section 230 to be removed which would have basically given government oversight to what would and wouldn't be allowed on social platforms. So when you're saying that FTC commissioners get to decide what content is okay, that was going to severely limit people's free speech in public forums. So, so if you fall, you can't fall in this line of, of, well, let me, let me say this way, the danger of falling into, I'm just going to parrot whatever this party says is that a lot of times you're parenting things that are actually antithetical to each other over time. So it's really important that you consider the full ramifications of something and understand that 
maybe in this case, you deviate from what a larger group is saying. I mean, we, we live in a political time where the strategy of anybody tends to be, okay, are they on the opposite side as me? Okay, good. I just feel the opposite way of whatever they feel. Yeah, That's the mm-hmm. political spectrum we live in. So just don't fall into that right now. Um, I do, and I, I also want to make this clear, um, in the same way that I fully support boycotting, and I, I frankly love that um, Joni Mitchell and, and is doing that right now, I also think we should always be encouraging anybody to stand up and voice an opinion. This means athletes. This means uh, podcasters. It means celebrities. It means actors. The fact that someone is willing to, to, A, leverage their platform to reach a larger audience and, B, risk their platform to, to state, you know, to, like, claim or state something that's bigger than them is very important. And I think it is awful to say that, oh, because you have accomplished X thing in your life, your opinion now is somehow invalidated. I think that's insanely ridiculous. So I think we we absolutely need to support and protect uh, the ability for people that that have audiences to, again, uh, leverage those to for, you know, all these bigger conversations. And I also think the power of boycott is insanely powerful. Um, the power of withholding money is insanely powerful. The, all those things are great. And we should do those as well. We should yell at big platforms uh, yeah. so we can get them to change. Because otherwise, the only people ever making decisions are going to be investors. And that's not where we want to be. So um, that's my entire talk. That's my summation of the controversy. <laughs> and my encouragement is just take time to, take time to consider it beyond what you're getting in your newsfeed. So. There okay. we go. Hat, where are y'all at? How you feeling? Yeah, like what? <laughs> I have a lot of like different thoughts about different parts of this, I guess. Like, um, like part of the, the problem, like going back to the original problem of him, you know, kind of spreading misinformation and like, should that aspect of it be controlled? It's like, it's interesting because like in in the respect of like you compared it to like video games or movie ratings or something like that, it does feel very different because those are always not supposed to be real. You know, they're not talking about like advice or anything necessarily. It's like removed from reality to another degree than right. the Joe Rogan show is it's because called acting and these are. Yeah, yes, it's pretending <laughs> right. like at yeah. some level it is pretend, even if it's based on a true story, even right. if it's, you know, like whatever it is being like reenacted to 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 have like some other purpose i guess so like there is this remove like this level removed where like it's oh like everybody engaging in this knows that it's not real and i don't know if that it's happening on the joe rogan podcast i so i i personally personally would be like if spotify chooses to remove him great like I like personally, yeah. like I that that's fine. Yeah, I, yeah, like, yeah. I tend to believe um, that these things have like. Uh, and messaging. I'm not saying that you're like a like super ultra crazy person or anything. I'm just yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. just just to also you know make this a conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. I I I I personally am fine with that, and I I tend to believe that media is wildly powerful, like wildly powerful. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you know how many um, times I've bought a Crunchwrap Supreme because I saw it on TV? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think in in ca- like cases like this, I think there's uh, an insane amount of damage that has been done, and frankly, insane amount of damage damage has been done by a very small amount of people. 
That was a um, Freudian slip mm-hmm. that you called it dummage. I think uh, yeah. in in regards <laughs> to um, I think this goes back to what I was saying last week, right? About the about the Eminem thing, right? Like the way that the country functions is that businesses have as much a right to choose what they put out um, be, as as individuals do, right? So if you're talking about freedom of speech, the company has that same freedom. And so sure. if the owners of that company, if the, the, the people who run that company are not in alignment with the thing that's being, being pushed or that, or if they believe it, it breaks whatever their, um, their terms of uh, terms and agreements are, or their like co- code of conduct, whatever it is, they are within their rights, the same rights that people who would be pissed that that's being removed, that the same rights that those people are, are upset about as what they are yeah. enacting for themselves. And so I'm, would I be sad if some of my favorite content was no longer available because the person uh, did something or said something that offended the the people who own the company? Yeah, I'd be sad about it, but I would understand. Like I would get that that is a these are the very, rules you broke them. These are, it's very and black this and white. The, yeah, and and this is the you, you can't operate under different rules for different things just because it's inconvenient for you in this moment and like that feels to me like this is a little bit of that same conversation. So, um, yeah, I applaud them for, for removing whoever I applaud them for not because it's their responsibility at the end of the day. I'm, if it's something that I'm opposed to, I'm just not going to listen to it. If it's something Mm -hmm. that I, like I can make a personal choice by not spending money on it, by not spending my time on it, by, you know, by not promoting it. Like there's all sorts of things I can do that isn't, getting upset with the company um, for not choosing the same stance that I have. But maybe I'm, I have always been a bit where I, uh, in, you know, I, I profess uh, Christianity, right? Like I, I believe that Jesus um, is the son of God, right? Like that, that's, that's just me. I don't talk about that a lot. I actually don't know if I've ever mentioned it at all on the podcast, but I, I would profess myself as a Christian. That being said, there are very few things that I fall in line with the typical Christian political climate, which would be just falling Thank in line God. With, with Republicans. Um, because <laughs> I'd probably always, have to stop being your friend. I've I've always <laughs> been a bit where I I take topics on a per topic basis and I approach them on a per topic basis. And so um it's hard for me to believe it's hard for me to get on board with anybody who takes everything. Um, and just rides any party line without doing any sort of research and and self reflection and self discovery yeah. yeah. um, to take responsibility for their own decisions. I have a hard time with that in general. And so, as it pertains to this whole thing, like good for them for leaving because they felt like they needed to take a stand, and good for Spotify if they take him down. Fine for Spotify if they don't. For all of the, yeah. mm-hmm. the fans of Joe Rogan who were fans before and are no longer going to be fans because of all this stuff. Great for all the fans of Joe Rogan who will continue to be fans of Joe Rogan. Fine. That is your right as an American to, to enjoy the things that you, does it mean that I like it or that I agree with it? Absolutely not. But their right to do it to me Mm -hmm. seems like it is worth noting. Andrew just said he disagrees with all four scenarios he put up. So Mm -hmm. staying on Spotify, (laughs) disagree. Going off Spotify, disagree. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. Yeah. Um, I do. So I did want to tell you what the follow-up is so far. And by the way, Jedi just posted that there's a podcast called Science, I guess, V's. Yeah, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. And what Versus. they're doing is their form of protest is they're not leaving the platform. But what they're doing is they're only posting content that is supposed to combat the misinformation. Great. Like that, is COVID a cre- misinformation. that is creative problem that's solving. A good, that's like, yeah. That's yeah. that's putting something that's putting something positive back into the world where you think there is a negative void to fill. Absolutely, it's like carbon offsets. I love it. Um, okay, <laughs> so uh, but here I will say so there is good coming out of this. Uh, one piece, well, other than the fact that um, okay, there's one piece which is uh, I believe Spotify CEO has like uh, come out in uh, condemned you know his past language. Uh, they have gone through. And they have removed like a like Those about episodes, a, I would assume. A hundred about a hundred episodes from his archive. Yeah. Now, in, in fairness, uh Joe Rogan also said that he worked with Spotify to do that. And you know, he like he didn't act like upset that it happened. Like it's um yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um but sure, I guess yeah. you, Spotify, you would hope that he's that he is recognizing his own need for growth over the years too. That that yeah. seems like at least a mark of progress. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Spotify he has learned said, something. I don't know, like, I'm, well, they've said it publicly enough that I'm aware of it, but Spotify has said that they are going to invest $100 million uh, in the, like, upcoming future in uh, specifically, like, platforming and generating content that is for marginalized communities. Or, or I'm sorry, created by people from marginalized communities. Great. So there is absolutely good that will come out of this. And a conversation about anything, learning about anything is always good. And learning doesn't happen if you just put your hands over your ears and yell really loud. So Can that's I ask the big one thing. final question <laughs> to tie this all up. Yes. What is what is the opposite of an upcoming future? That seems <laughs> mildly redundant. A flashback. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I've been watching The Witcher so much that I'm just all confused right now. So. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And there's right. the tie-in. So that's it from me. Uh, Lauren, Toss it to Lauren, you, uh, yeah. Why don't you take it next? Sure. All right. We're going to talk about something a little more fun. <laughs> and that is uh, something that uh, to tie back to what you're saying earlier, Andrew, this is a little bit of a guilty pleasure for me. Um, it, but it's a fun thing, you know, um, we're about to talk about some I, trash. <laughs> it is trash. I love it. <laughs> okay. So uh, I got podcasts again um, and I got a four. So any time period or whatever, and I'm struggling because I've not only had this category several times recently, I don't watch a lot of YouTube. So the field gets very narrow very quickly for me. So I was thinking like, what's something I haven't listened to in a while or something different. And honestly, I like forget Wondery exists for a long time and I'll listen to podcasts for like two weeks straight and then like forget about it for a year and then like check back in and like download a whole bunch of new ones. So like most of their shows are only like six and... <laughs> sorry, you gotta, uh, Trav, you've got to stop just, reading the comments yeah. Lauren. you've got to just go you got to trudge forward just i'm trying because you guys are like laughing joe. so i'm trying to figure out what the hell's going on <laughs> map trap just spelled joe rogan joe organ on accident i'm pretty sure and then said it's that's a the like porn yes. star version yeah <laughs> joe organ <laughs> the joe organ controversy I wish that probably wasn't a real thing but no organ experience all right sorry continue all right jumping back on track okay so like i said i kind of forget about this i come back to it i'll get a whole bunch of new ones because all of their series kind of exist in these like six to maybe 10 or 12 episode uh you know uh what like series at the most yeah um and so like it's easy to kind of like 
re, re, you know, listen to one and then like stop and then, you know, maybe listen to another or just forget about them for a year. So like I said, that's kind of what it is. And what is the theme in common with them? Uh, so Wondery is actually like a podcast network. They do a tons of shows like, um, like smart list, Andrew, that you listen to. Um, there's yeah. like a bajillion shows under their umbrella, but like I originally found out about them when they were just doing these like trashy true crime podcasts that are really fun. And they are all like very, over the top, really extreme cases. A lot of these have been made into movies and TV shows. Um, party. Like Dirty John, <laughs> Dr. Death, and like The Shrink Next Door are all ones that have been made into TV shows or movies and stuff. And like, there's so many other ones I've listened to that like feel like they could easily be a movie or something because they sound so freaking made up and ridiculous and like over the top situations. Like, I don't know if you guys like watch Shrink Next Door, or, like are familiar with this story, but like literally this guy's psychiatrist tricked him into like giving him his life, like his house, his car, his money, his everything. And like he took over his life and they did like a funny comedy version of it. But the the uh, podcast is interesting because they have like the actual guy that this happened to, you know, being interviewed about why he did it and stuff. So it is very compelling, you know, um, stories to hear because it's like, this is so bizarre. How, how would you get into this situation? And like, when you hear them from the outside, it always feels like, oh my God, how could any person step into this? But that's like, a, just evolves, you know, over time. And of course it like, you know, ends at these like crazy uh, endings. And yes, it was a uh, Paul Rudd and Will Ferrell on Apple TV. That's where you can watch uh, the shrink next door. Um, that one is funny. The other one that's like adaptations I've seen are a lot more serious. Like dirty John was on Bravo. So it had like some, comedy but was mainly serious um but it was like they're they're kind of like trashy tv shows for sure that have been like brought up in them so um like some of the other ones that they had were uh they have this one series called only the rich which is kind of like crazy stories about rich people one of them was like just covering like britney spears and like everything that was going on with her um and then like another one was uh in god we lust which was about um that like preacher and his wife who got like caught in a thruple and stuff and like lost all their mm. things uh i, it's I just... heard that word for the first time like two months ago <laughs> was it <That's> never mind and it's so new to me yeah oh i love it yeah um so i i think that they're they can be fun um like obviously some of these are very serious dr death was one about this like surgeon who um like botched most of the surgeries he ever did and not just like plastic surgery like oh your nose looks funny like paralyzed people like yeah. it is very sad um and like his best friend was one of the people that he paralyzed and like it's very and that guy has an entire episode devoted to him being interviewed like afterwards which was like fascinating to listen to so uh i i just kind of recommend it if you if you are feeling like oh i need a podcast to listen to but i don't want like a huge commitment what could I do? These are kind of like great. They just like fit the bill. You will read the description and kind of like know if you want to get into it. They kind of have a few like some true crimes that are like murder type stories. They have um, these like only the rich category. They have these ones called over my dead body that are like situations where people like threaten to kill one another. And like the most current season is um, Carol Baskin and um <laughs> Joe, Joe exotic. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that I couldn't get it out of my head. <laughs> um, and so like that one, I'm sure is pretty interesting. If you're like, excuse me, if you liked Tiger King and want to like know more about that, I'm sure they have interesting interviews and stuff, but I really got on there today and was like, okay, I'm going to download this one. Uh, the donut shop, uh, 
Words are not coming out of my mouth correctly anymore. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> the donut shop murders was another one that I'm like, this sounds interesting. It's about some like crime family in Texas that kidnap people from donut shops, I guess. That checks and out. Then, <laughs> yeah. Just sound like I I can't read these descriptions and not want to know what happens. Like, were they I'm from just like, did they curious. kidnap them from Shipley's? Is that what makes them? I don't Texas know. I'll based? read you the description. I did I copy so. it. So it says. Yeah. In the area of era of some of the most heinous serial killers of all time, one murderous family went cautiously unnoticed. The McCarries, led by a psychopathic patriarch and his cunning son-in-law, this Texas clan roams the country, robbing, kidnapping, killing up to 20 people, most of them taken from donut shops. They've got to be Shipley's. They've got to be. <laughs> Chattanooga, we had a cult that ran a sandwich shop and would like kidnap people and put them to work and like Patrick, steal them from their families. Subways are not cults. They're just subway artisans. It's called <laughs> the Yellow Deli and I'm sure it will be a wondery show at some point in the future. Okay. The Yellow Deli sounds like a perfect name for it and everything. Isn't it so good? Listen, it. if it's not, why if they haven't done it yet, then why don't we do it on as a Master of One Network true crime deal? We've never done a true yeah. crime podcast. Let's do one on the Yellow Deli. <laughs> We're going to be like only murders in the building. And very, <laughs> very good sandwiches. I ate there once. Viciously good sandwiches. Yeah, I ate there once. Too good, maybe. <laughs> Pre-knowing they kidnap people. And then I ate there once Wait, after that. You stopped. knew they kidnapped people and still went and got a sandwich? I, I was invited by someone else. Oh it wasn't my, my gosh. choice. That makes were, it better. Were you like in the shop in the midst of eating the sandwich and you're like, have you heard the legend of the yellow deli? No, I don't talk <laughs> about it in this. I don't want to get, I don't want to get vanished. I'm not going to talk about it while I'm there. I don't yes, want okay. to get vanished. Somebody please yeah, yeah. clip that audio yes. for me. I don't want to get vanned. So <laughs> I waited, but I was aware of the, yes, it's, it's called the 12 tribes. If you look up the 12 tribes, you'll find information about it, but uh, if you're ever in Chattanooga, the Yellow Deli, and there's a, they're not just in Chattanooga. I think there's several of them on like the East Coast, Hang but on. they're owned by the 12 Here, tribes. Here's what it says. It says, uh, Amy's saying, the 12 tribes believe that in order for Jesus' second coming to occur, they must raise 144,000 perfect male virgins who will be killed around the year 2070. So I only ever like went with my wife. And that's how I knew I, I like, could is get it a sandwich. Say, get they have male versions now. <laughs> I was having sex while I ate my sandwich, so they knew I wasn't a virgin. <laughs> Jeez. All right. We've been oh, losing man. listeners as this conversation has been going on. <laughs> Steadily watching the viewers just drop off. All right, all right. Well, we can drop this now. Uh, if you need like a beach read version of a podcast, check out Wondry. I think they have some uh, fun things to get into. They last like a, a good weekend or a road trip, and then you can just move on to the next thing. <laughs> uh, Love to it. be clear, Lauren, I was not. I was saying it was because of Patrick's uh, sandwich shop debacle that we started losing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just thought you. That was done anyway, so I was Lauren. trying to wrap it up. <laughs> um, Doc thinks it's because he joined, so that's that also could be a factor. There's no way no. to know for sure. It could be. It could be one of anything. All right, so we're gonna finish this thing on a on a bit of a fun note. Um, I was gonna talk about Encanto. I got music. I was gonna talk about Encanto. Okay, I'll talk about Encanto real quick because we're still kind of good on time. <laughs> um, and then we're going to play a little bit of a game, a trivia game. Yes. Um, so I got music. Uh, and and as you guys know, or as you probably know, um, the song We Don't Talk About Bruno uh, in the last two weeks has hit the Billboard's Hot 100 number one. 
Um, and it has uh, blown all sorts of records out of you know, out, out of the water. <laughs> it's blown them all away. Wait. Um, there's another Arrested Development joke for you. Um, <laughs> and uh, and there's some uh, there's something to be it, so it 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 beat out um, Let It Go, which was kind of the biggest one up to to date. Oh, wow. And now um, we don't talk about Bruno as of- number one. I'm kind of glad that 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 is what has beaten it. (laughs) So you've seen Encanto. Patrick hasn't seen Encanto, but both of you are very familiar with We Don't Talk About Bruno because you've heard it. It's in the it is now officially. No, no, no. Yeah, it's officially in the zeitgeist. (laughs) Um, And I'm not here to talk about We Don't Talk About Bruno uh, because it's kind of like a fight club situation. But what uh, I will say (laughs) is that there is a bit of controversy. And I I mentioned it a couple weeks ago when we talked about Encanto about how. a lot of the music didn't seem to be didn't seem to pull from Colombian, uh, yes, uh, you know, Colombian origins. And I've gotten more information on that over the last couple of weeks, um, specifically from my friend Eddie, who is huge into music. He's also uh, he's also Spanish and has is very big into like the Latin music scene. And so, in talking with him, I and trust him. Tacos. He also he... loves tacos. <laughs> Do not go to Eddie with a bad taco because he'll let you know it's a bad taco. Yes, that's true. I made a mistake of being too emphatic about a taco one time. Oh, that then that which, was the which, last. Which one did you? Which one did you recommend to him? Like, doesn't matter. He said the one. Uh, he said that uh, that one from KFC, that chicken taco. <laughs> it's just like the chicken on the outside as the shell. I don't know <laughs> like if you've heard of this Taco Bell place. <laughs> um, and so uh, anyway, so I trust I trust his his um, his take on it um and mm-hmm. and so the piece that i that i uh really kind of want to hone back in on is um that there is one song in the album uh in this in the whole you know in the entirety of the album that lin-manuel miranda did tap into colombia's like one of colombia's top five like he's he's been one of the the you know um colombian singers mu- musicians for 30 years like he's like big deal he's like super famous singer there yeah and like is, is a is a cultural he would be a cultural ambassador right like if you were yeah if there, if there was going to be an olympics in colombia he would probably sing you know in the olympics that kind of thing right like that was kind he, of how he would eddie, do the national anthem yeah 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 so he's he is uh based on how eddie was explaining it like it was really smart for him to involve him but he was yeah. only involved in one song and there were Which song um, was it I don't remember the name of the song. I had it in okay. front of me, and then uh, I started looking at posters from Uncharted, and now it's several. <laughs> I'm <so sorry. laughs> um, it's I'm fine. So sorry. Um, okay. And uh, but the oh, maybe it's the song "Easy." Maybe not. I don't know. I don't okay. want to. I don't want to spend time trying to find it. Yeah, yeah. But don't derail. There yeah, is yeah. A, yeah. There is a song. Um, there is Becca a song says that, it's the uh, main. Song. Oh, the main song. The main like song. like Encanto. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the I mean, if you're gonna tap for one, <laughs> sure. But here's the deal: like the uh, Eddie was saying that there are some other songs that are in like these other these these different styles. That there are other very very well known like pop um, like like pop Colombian stars that would have been great to tap. Or having that guy who he tapped for that one song be a part of the entire project and speaking into all of the songs and all the different things. And Eddie being um he's mexican but being this like heavily invested in music deeply invested in latino music 
um, is uh, was was kind of put off by this whole thing that they hired this this Puerto Rican to tell a Colombian story, and the story about uh, the story like the storyline um, of uh, and the premise and everything of Encanto is a very Colombian story, but the music takes him out of the story because it's so much not. Mm. Um, part of the actual culture of the the Colombian culture, and so um, I just wanted to circle back on that because, um, like, I got I kind of got that feeling, and I I also am the first to say I don't know a lot about all of this stuff, but it did feel yeah. that way to me. I didn't necessarily feel like it was definitively uh, Lin Manuel Miranda. It didn't feel like Hamilton to me. Uh, it felt maybe a little bit like Moana, but it didn't feel like Hamilton to me. It didn't feel like uh, Mary or Poppins in the Returns. It didn't feel like In the Heights. In the Heights yeah. and I feel Hamilton like you can tell felt it's like, like they his were... style, but like yeah. it does feel more unique. I think. It's, yeah, it's like... it's definitely ha- Hamilton and In the Heights feel like they're cut from the same from the same. You they're know, like log brothers, now. yeah. But um, but this feels like it has enough of a unique flair to it that that I didn't necessarily think that it was like quintessential Lin Manuel Miranda, like shoehorning his his style into the movie but i also didn't feel like it matched up with the 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 film and what it was trying to say and it's i'm just kind of circling back to that to say that i'm not the only person who feels that way and there's actually some you know there's actually some interesting you know yeah uh, some facts about it that would point to the fact that it maybe he should have used more influence colombian influence and not puerto rican influence. so um I think that's like a, inter- a really interesting point because, like, I I think one of the cool things that I thought watching the movie was like for a Disney film, this music is so incredibly unique. Like, you know, like it felt very different than the stuff that they usually do. So I was like, wow, they're pushing the envelope like so much. But then, like, you're right, like they could have gone further to like, you know, have the music match the place better and not just be like, oh, you're Hispanic, you know, at all. Right. And and there, and there, and therein lies Eddie's biggest issue with it. So he has thrown the baby out with the bathwater as it pertains to Encanto because, because of this. And he's saying like, you could have like in Colombia, especially music is such a rich part of their culture that the idea that they are, that they are pulled like, uh, that, that they aren't putting as much emphasis on that as some other movie. He, so he referenced Coco and he's Mexican, right? So he has a very yeah. deep understanding. Like he's from Mexico, Mexican, like he is an immigrant and mm-hmm. um, he, he can, he can do nothing but sing praises for, for Coco because they did take the time to really invest in the musical side of that and play into how important the music is to that culture. And he just feels like this was a miss um on Encanto, and he doesn't so. and he doesn't feel like the music in Encanto is like bridging the gap like we're pulling people closer to the style but we're not pulling them all the way because we don't want it to be like too outside of comfort zone he just feels like it's a flat miss uh no i th- i think he gives i think he gives it half credit right at least they had okay. a a latin person doing it and not, you know, some guy from Nebraska who's never been, you know, outside. You know, like, like, I think he's giving, <laughs> it, yeah. he's giving Are some Are you specifically credit. talking about Will right now? I am talking about Will. <laughs> um, uh, so I think he is giving it, you know, he's giving it half credit. But um, I, but he has some really valid points. So anyway, I just wanted to circle yeah. back on that. The other thing is um, this, uh, this trivia that I wanted to do with you. So when I was thinking about, like, what do I want to talk about with music? 
I thought, oh, this would be a fun way to find out what you guys know. So without looking up anything on the internet, and I'm going to need to yeah. ask the chat, <laughs> the, the chat people to not give answers, please and thank you. We're going to go through mm-hmm. some years. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say a year and I want you guys to tell hey, me. You're what, quizzing me. I'm quizzing you guys. I'm going to do so bad at this, but oh, I'll try. No. I'm game I, thought try. You were, I thought you were quizzing our audience. No, okay, go I, ahead. I need we're people to try, be able Patrick. to hear Let's your answers. This. Yeah. I won't yeah, look also, at the internet. It's to be an audio version of this later. <laughs> exactly. Like this isn't just for, just yeah. All right. So, but here's what we're going to do. It's not about the, it's not about songs. And it's not even about music genres. It's going to okay, be about okay. music devices. I think this Got narrows it. the field enough for you guys. Okay. So okay. we're talking iPod about Nano. ways in which you can listen to music. I'm going to give you dates, and then I want to see if you guys oh, can tell me what you think so that item is. All right. So here we go. We're going to start all the way at the very beginning. 1811. The year 1811. <laughs> the year of our Lord, 1811. Gramophone. What do you think, Lauren? Wait, what is the question? What, what item, what music, like what did people use to listen to music in 1811? Oh. Like what was invented that people would use to listen to music? <laughs> Honestly, my first thought is instruments. They would just sit and listen to someone play. <laughs> okay, let me let me take sorry, a step sorry. back. This is all <laughs> yes, recorded sorry. music in some way, yes. shape, or form. <laughs> this is not live music. <laughs> sorry. Ears? <laughs> Um, so Patrick oh, says what gramophone. What do you think it is? Yeah, I think that that's like the oldest thing I can think of, but it has to be something older because I feel like that would be maybe like later on. So, uh, uh, yeah, let's let's go gramophone. I don't really have a better answer. One of those earwax horns. So it is, in fact, the music box. So the music box oh, with the good one. With that's the, good. That's uh, good. The rolling, yes. yeah, the rolling piece that had the little, oh, you know, so braille raised things to play music. That was uh, in 1811, um, and oh, so that makes uh, sense. That goes makes back sense. Even further. All right. So 1857, uh, we're taking a leap. What about 40 years into the future? 45, 46 years into the future. I don't um, even know where I was last week. How would I know where I was in 1857? <laughs> I have a feeling I know where you were in 1857. <laughs> If you believe in reincarnation, I know what war you were fighting in, and I know what side, and you better atone. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was the oh, war man. on terror, Patrick. All right. All right. 1857, what device? <laughs> yeah. The Zoom. Um, Bro, I just stole your <laughs> joke so hard. You did steal Nobody. my joke. You mother... <laughs> Uh, well, someone made it in chat as well. Um, exactly. <laughs> and that's this joke I stole because I'll edit all this out of the podcast. And it'll just look like mm. I'm crazy funny. <laughs> I'm say uh, here's me, what like, I'm doing. Printed music. I'm doubling down on gramophone until okay. I get it right. Okay. I'm going to say like printed music. I don't know if that it counts, but I'm trying to just no, have a different answer. This is I really don't know what to this think. This isn't printed music, but it's actually kind of closer than what Patrick said. So, in oh, 18... is it like those pianos that you play it through? No, but this is. This... I, I'm trying really hard. <laughs> so I'll tell you, 18... I, n- I had never heard of this before. So this device is was new to me. 1857, the phonautograph, phonautograph, 
Um, I like that you pronounced it with an accent because now I only want to pronounce it phonautograph. Phonautograph. <laughs> uh, the earliest device that could record sound. I am going to Google to see what this is. Hold on. That could record yeah, sound like... was the phonautograph invented by, oh, yeah, good, good luck on that name. In 1857, it worked by transcribing sound waves as undulations through a traced line on either glass or smoke blackened paper. I was amazed when I read that. All right. You know what this reminds me of? And I can only think of one example is Nightmare Before Christmas. They have like that that cat thing. They're like cranking. It's that. Yes, yes, yeah. it's that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Give me gramophone. 1877. What do you think it is? You say gramophone. Lauren, what do you say? We're still not into the 1900s yet. I know. I'm really just trying to think of like old music recording devices. I only ever ideas. thought that the gramophone was the thing, right? Like that's what I yeah, thought too. Th I'm learning like so many new ones. Uh, I'm really trying to think out of the box. I, d I don't really have a better answer to be honest. Okay. 1877. I the know phonograph. The phonograph. Okay. <laughs> but, but, okay. but, but a gramophone is a later down. version of a phonograph. Okay. You're right. But that's not what it was yet. So the the phonograph was well, invented by Thomas Edison, um, and mm. uh, this this device records sound and changes the audio in uh, ch converts way, it over into audio, and it completely revolutionized the music industry. Yeah, if you want to check out a great film about uh, Edison? Look up the film Bright featuring Will Smith. All right, go ahead. <laughs> okay. you know i i've been trying to figure out a way to work bright into our regular conversation i appreciate you doing that <laughs> and i i'm sure that's a just a really solid joke that's on the top of everyone's mind yeah so. exactly that is topical mm -hmm. and timely yeah, yeah, yeah all right yeah. um 1887 patrick what do you think your mom my mom was not born 1887. in 1887 okay. i'm gonna say the record oh my gosh like an actual record not like because yeah. the old ones are like crazy okay. are we almost done with this no we're just getting started no. baby okay i don't know i knew i would be bad at this but i'm worse than i thought <laughs> just throw a guess out patrick you got it gramophone it is the gramophone. <laughs> yes. yes. It's warmer. So 10 years after the invention of the phonograph, they What's uh, the difference? improved it. And so based on the original phonograph design and created Nothing? by Emily Berliner, it differs. Um, it differed from the phonograph due to using a flat spinning disc instead of a spinning cylinder. So that makes a big oh, difference. Oh, hey, I had the record. Yeah, so you, right. you, yeah, half credit to you, uh, full credit to Patrick. Um, so yeah, I got there you half go. a point. That's all all right, so we're going to jump forward a little bit. There are other things in between, but those aren't notable. I just thought it was so interesting how many things there were before the freaking uh, yeah. gramophone, because that's what I, I thought was thought the first thing. Music box, yeah. You're not so, going to quiz me on the Walkman? Patrick, I'm not done. What do you, like, we were only oh in the 1800s. God. Good Lord. Oh. Next 80s, time you baby. start talking about <laughs> Joe Rogan, three minutes into it, I'm going to go, oh, we're still talking about this? All right. Sorry, uh, audience. <laughs> this is just a little behind the scenes of how Patrick and I interact. Difficulties. We're going to have a fight real quick, and then I'm going to bring you back. <laughs> All right. 1910. 1910. Just okay. 1910. 1910? If I remember right, gramophone. No. 
We're jumping okay. forward. We're jumping forward a little bit in technology. I think, rec- I think this has got to be records by now. We got to have no. a record player by now. Tape? It can't be tapes. I feel like this is too early. 1910. What came before tapes? Ta- I'll give you a hint. This was developed by Nathaniel Baldwin. <laughs> There's a hint in there. If you can uh, find it. A piano? I don't, I'm trying really hard. Uh, <laughs> it's not an instrument. It's a way of listening to produced music. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just thinking. His name is Nathaniel Baldwin. Bald. Bald. Bald? I don't. I'm, this is not triggering. It goes on your me. head. They're headphones, people. Come on. Oh, oh okay, okay, okay. <laughs> right. um, Patrick has just given up entirely. He's moved on. He's watching trailers. I thought, what do you mean headphones? I thought this was a way of specifically recording music. No, I didn't say that. I said listening to he music said, that was recorded. To, but yeah. yeah, okay. Yes. Oh, well, obviously <laughs> headphones. Okay, yeah. I'm thinking tapes is coming soon. Okay, so 1920, this should be... This come on, 1920. What what's the first thing? What's the first thing that develops in in uh, in way of broad listening to music? Radio. There we go. Radio. The first yes. radio station was oh, developed. I didn't get a guess. Commercially, <laughs> you you took too long. Um. Now <laughs> shortly, the, the hint was broad. Would this one be your mom? Yes. <laughs> yes. That was, you got it. You nailed it. Um. 1925. Lauren. Tapes. <laughs> no. <Tasting>. Nope. <laughs> you said it earlier, so I was hoping you would swing back oh. to it. Uh, records, I guess? Yes. Maybe? This is when we get yeah, the okay. records. The 78 RPM standard. That's when that whole thing is developed. Like the ones that we're used to? Yes. Like your your standard, um, what we still use, the vinyl records. That's where you... Um, yeah, so, vinyl that records. That's yeah. what I was looking for. Uh, that's what you get. So nineteen. So that was nineteen twenty-five. We get like the standard seventy-eight RPM um, record. We're gonna jump for a little bit into uh, nineteen fifty-four. Nineteen fifty-four. Fifty-four. This is a. This is a, this is a big uh, deal. Fifties. Oh. Man. No idea. You, you know, say you it, I don't know. You want me to give you a hint? This is. This is the, the first time that uh, music has been able to travel. We'll say it that way. A jukebox, maybe? I'm really stretching here. Do you walk around <laughs> in jukeboxes? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Tran- the first transistor radio was created in 1954, so people were able to uh, walk around. That's, yeah, that makes sense. Anyone in chat know any of this? Y'all should be subject to this, not me right now. No, this is fun to watch you squirm. No, it's, okay. yeah. I actually would have good. thought you knew a lot more about this, honestly, Patrick. I thought this would be right up your alley. You're a music guy. Not. You like knowledge about things that, um, yeah, that don't Will matter. Will is a zero, and he's a genius. Um, I don't know that that's true. He lives I'm, in I am happy to have gotten even half a point, so. <laughs> All right, here's the deal. I'm going to jump for a little bit. 1962, you get the first portable stereo. I'm just going to give Gramophone. you a history now. Mm-hmm. I'm just giving you okay. a history. Now. Okay. This you is guys, better. You guys are doing terrible. 19. So going back to what, uh, you're saying, I knew it. what you were saying, Lauren, not my specialty. about the, uh, the tape, the first tape that came out in 1928 was actually a magnetic strip of tape. So it used magnets to stay reeled up and it, and it stored information in a vastly different way because um, they improved upon that come 1963, which is when you get the compact cassette tape, what you know uh, and what you used to use to record um, yourself singing with radio <laughs> songs. 
this that's that's <laughs> what happens there. Um, okay, so if you know that 1963 is the compact cassette tape, what can you imagine happens in 1965? There's a pretty st- a pretty good leap from or, or like a tape player, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but like let's say uh, uh, a boombox is that the word you're looking for? Like <laughs> you're close. What year, one what step year? away. 1965. We've just developed the ability to record onto a compact cassette tape. What could be slightly better than that? I don't know, Andrew. What could be a predefined? Yes, a predefined <laughs> number of songs you could have on a on a disc, which is the compact eight or the uh, the eight track tape. There you go. Perfect. So jumping from that, you come to the boombox. Both Patrick's and- got eight tracks, by the way. Congratulations. Yeah. 1966, you get the boombox, um, and then you get, not until 1972 do you get turntables, um, which is crazy to me, because I would have thought that would have happened way sooner. 1979, revolutionizing how people are able to listen to music throughout their day. What what do you think gets developed? CDs. Nope. I was waiting for you to say, Patrick. The Sony. I was like, I made my guess. Yeah. The Sony Walkman. Oh, <laughs> there we go. It was hers the whole time. I don't know. The, oh. me, like, I got gramophones. She's got Walkman. She's going to get Walkman. She's been going in on Walkman since like 1942. Yes. Uh, since 1942. <laughs> All right. Then we jump in 1982 to something a little bit more reflective, which would be the CD. The CD. 1984, the year of my birth. We get what innovation coming out of the Walkman. You get the oh, the like CD the player, Discman? Or the like Discman, the... yes, yeah, specifically yeah, yeah. the Sony Discman. Um, and then 1998, you get what's the next Are they uh, an iPod? Nope, not yet. What comes before the iPod? It's between. Oh, I, like like digital music, I guess. Yes, like, like MP3 iTunes and that players. Stuff. Like, I, yeah, yeah. I was the like, MP3 yeah, thank you, thank you. MP3. format gets introduced. You get your MP3 players. Two thousand one. Go ahead. Two thousand one. We get an iPod. An iPod, and yeah. you get the the your entire music library right in your pocket. Uh, they they innovate that slightly. They they tweak that by two thousand two. You get the iPod Classic that has even more. Oh. Stuff Jedi beat me to that too. With the Zen Touch sensitive wheel, right? Mm-hmm. You don't, you no longer have the click wheel. Oh my wheel. god! Yes. Come, uh, <laughs> and then just a few short years after that, you get 2007, the iPod Touch. And honestly, 2007 was the last step in our musical evolution in terms of devices. Mm-hmm. If you think about the fact that that's the, the entire screen is touch screen, um, all yeah. of that stuff, right? We have not ventured away from that in terms of music, um, how we listen to music, at least in terms of technology, uh, which is crazy to me because I would have thought what like do you there think would have been be next. Like you just like feel bright vibrations through your bones or something crazy. Like, I, don't I don't know, know. but it, I know it'll be developed by Lin Manuel Miranda. That already exists. <laughs> <laughs> there are already headphones that work by vibrating the bones in your ear. 
So you don't actually. I like, was weirdly close to something yeah. with my pseudo science. Yeah, there, there are. That was I, hilarious. There are already headphones <laughs> that, that work are. that way. But the the issue is there are some frequencies that don't work very well through them. Yes. So they're great for like spoken word, but I think they're not good for listening to and music. And that's why they but, didn't oh, make. That's why they didn't make this list, right? They're they're really really good for phone calls and for listening to like podcasts or things like that. But they don't. Industry leaders don't use them professionally because they don't carry all of the sound frequencies that you need for a an optimal music listening experience. Yeah, I've got a buddy that swears by them because he says it doesn't feel like the pressure changes that you feel wearing like over your headphones, which is the reason he uses the like those vibration ones. But yeah. So if this were a final exam, you both would have failed. But it was fun <sighs> listening to you guys try. Um, I learned a I lot about studied it as well. It? <laughs> I learned a lot exam. about music, <laughs> uh, music devices that I had no idea about as I was doing this. It just, I, I thought there was like six things <laughs> and turns out honest, there's I was also wearing. like a lot of them happened much earlier than I realized. You we, know? It seems like there was a lot, there was a lot that happened, um, in the 1800s, a lot of development that happened in the 1800s. And then there was a little bit of a stall out. And then a lot happened really quickly over a short period of time in the 1900s. And then there was a bit of a stall out. Mm -hmm. And then right at the end of the 1900s into the early 2000s, there was another boom, 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 boom. So it's like mm -hmm. technology has advanced in waves. It's almost like we get to yeah. a place and then we plateau. And it feels like maybe we're at a plateau right now where the, the closest thing is, you know, touchscreen device. But it seems like we're on the cusp of potentially a new wave of innovation and a new wave of evolution. So, um, you know, we'll see, mm -hmm. we'll see what happens in the next couple of years, but that was music, which means that was our episode. We talked about a lot of stuff in this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, and so before we head out of here, we're going to do a couple of things, but I just want you to know if you're still with us, congratulations. We went on quite a roller coaster. For, for yes. Thanks for sticking with Sorry. us. You can find show notes and links to all the stuff that we just talked about over at mof1.network where you can find uh, all the stuff we talked about, including a an archive full of hundreds of episodes. I mean, like so many that it's gross. Uh, we just have so many podcast episodes. Anything that you want to think about or listen to, I'm sure it's there. Um, and uh, we haven't had to take any of that stuff down because of Spotify code of conduct stuff. So that's a plus. <laughs> we are in it to win it on that front. Um, but, uh, while you're there, you can also find some cool things, uh, go over to the shop, buy some stickers, buy some, some pins, do some things with not cool co, um, and then pick up some M of one swag while you're there as well. What am I missing on there? Join the conversation on Slack. You sure. can click on the little Slack icon. Um, and then you can find us on, uh, all the platforms at M of one podcast. If you're joining us on Twitch right now, thank you. You helped us get yes. past our goal. You guys did a fantastic Woo! job. You have incorporated uh, yourselves, integrated yourselves into the conversation, which I love. This community is growing more and more every week. And so thank you for doing that. If you're not on Twitch and you'd like to be, just go to twitch.tv slash M of one podcast, click the follow button, and you will always find out when we go live. And we have lots of shows that are going to be streaming throughout the week at various times. And so um, we're just getting started, baby. It's going to be great. Uh, so you can go. Mm -hmm. the, you can do that heading over to Twitch. Yeah, Patrick? Baby. Cool. That was a good contribution. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So I think on that note, we're going to get out of this. Oh, no. we got to roll our dice for next week. Oh, yep. I was going to remind you. Let's roll our dice. So we, every week we 
roll our dice to figure out what our categories are going to be. Um, Patrick, why don't you go ahead and start us off by rolling? Six and three, which is future something. Six is toys. Future toys. All right. Lauren, go ahead. I got a 16 and a four. Uh, so I got film. Great, great. I got 19 and a two. So present something. You are so lucky because you got one of our new categories for the very first time. Okay. Architecture. Hey, perfect. Yes. Architecture. I was like, this works out really, really well for you. I love it. <laughs> it's one of our new categories. Uh, thank you for our, our new categories from a couple weeks ago. Yes, thank Thanks you, for guys. The it's really exciting. I want to get a new one. Okay. <laughs> We're going to get out of this episode for now, though. I'm at Andrew Sale with threes instead of E's. I'm at Not Cool Co. everywhere. And I'm at uh, Kate Carlton Design. <laughs> But for now, I'm Andrew. <laughs> I'm Lauren. I'm Patrick. Peace out. Adios. Soundboard. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>